0: You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke. Your daily Broncos podcast.
1: What's up, Broncos country? Happy Thursday, and welcome back into a brand new episode of the show. All across Broncos country, from the South Stance to the end zone, you are Locked On Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast here. On the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Denver Broncos insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody NFL. You can follow the YouTube channel for exclusive Denver Broncos film content, Cody Rourke NFL, as well. Today's episode of the show, ladies and gentlemen, is brought to you by our good friends over there at Pepsi. And this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos. Like us on social media, the book face, wherever you get your podcast and make sure you subscribe as well on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Spotify. We are here for you every single day with exclusive Denver Broncos content and coverage that you cannot get anywhere else from an objective standpoint through the eyes of a former player, a coach, and someone who has football administration experience. With that said, today's episode Lockdown Broncos, we're going to take a look at the practice report from Wednesday as the Broncos got back onto the field yesterday in preparation for Sunday's matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. A tough test altogether that's going to come to town to take on this Denver Broncos football team that's kind of in an identity crisis mode. They know who they are defensively, but offensively, there's some issues that are still plaguing the team overall and how they move forward. So it's going to be a battle between two, two, and four football teams to be able to progress to three and four on Sunday. We're going to go through the the injury report. We're going to talk about the Broncos missing out on a key coach at practice due to COVID-19 protocol, and several players for the Broncos returned to practice as well. Plus, we hear from Broncos head coach Vic Fangio and quarterback Drew Locke on the offense and really the mistakes that they have got to correct going forward. Plus, it is crossover Thursday. That means we're going to hear from Lockdown Chargers on today's episode of the show. We're going to go back and forth and preview this Sunday's matchup against one another. We're going to ask some questions about what to expect from the Chargers, and then Chargers fans are going to get a little bit of insight as to what to expect from this Denver Broncos football team. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick off today's episode of the show. Starting off with your injury report as the Broncos returned to the UC Hill Training Center in Englewood, Colorado yesterday for practice. They did it without Philip Lindsay, who's still in concussion protocol. Broncos head coach Vic Fangio said that it could be Friday, it could be Saturday to when they learn more about Lindsey. So there is a chance he doesn't practice at all this week, but he could still play on Sunday. Really at that point, it's just going to be a juncture as to where he's at. He was on the field doing some stretching, just some light stuff, but he cannot engage in any practice activities at this point. So it's going to be something worth monitoring throughout the week. And if he can't go, expect Melvin Gordon to get a little bit of the run there alongside Royce Freeman. No Tim Patrick as well. He was riding the stationary bike at practice for the Broncos, going through the side field, stretching a portion of practice as well. Going to be interesting to see his status as the week goes on. Thursday, today's going to be a big day. Friday's going to be even bigger. If he comes back to practice today, he could be limited. But more than likely, the expectation is that he may not practice today He could be limited tomorrow, but right now, I mean, with the Broncos protecting Fred Brown and Trinity Benson, his status for Sunday is truly questionable, and there is some concern that he may miss this Sunday's action. Shelby Harris was also not at practice as well, had a little bit of an illness, as Vic Fangio had mentioned, not COVID-related. He should be back to the practice field today overall, but the Broncos were without one of their key offensive coaches. Mike Munchak was not at practice. He is currently in COVID-19 protocol, and Vic Fangio said we'll know more in the coming days. Not sure if he tested positive. Not sure if he was exposed to somebody who did test positive, so that's going to be something that they're working on right now, but Chris Cooper, former Broncos offensive lineman and assistant offensive line coach, is shielding the responsibility of coaching up the guys Wow, Mike Munchak is out, so obviously hoping Mike Munchak can return soon here for this Broncos football team, but good news all for the Broncos Broncos as well. They've returned several guys back to practice. It was great to see Jeremiah Tauchu back, outside linebacker, has not played much this season, played in that Tennessee Titans game, and then had a quadricep injury after the Pittsburgh game, has not played since. He is back in the fold here. He practiced. He's looking good to go for Sunday alongside Jake Butt and Andrew Beck, who missed Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs with a hamstring injury. They were back in practice as well. But now we're going to flip the switch a little bit to Broncos head coach, Vic Fangio. He met with the media yesterday after practice. And one of the things that he said earlier in the week is that the passing attack has to fix itself. But in terms of the overall offensive identity, here's what Vic Fangio said his thoughts were on what the offensive identity needs to be like for this football team going forward. Like I'd like to see us be an efficient offense. Uh, You know, we've turned it over too much lately. Um, I'd like to see us, uh, be more successful in the passing game with positive plays and be able to have a good mix of run and pass The Broncos in the last two weeks have had two touchdowns in comparison to six overall turnovers. That's also not factoring in turnovers on downs, but those are giveaways that the Broncos have accumulated in a two-game stretch against both New England and Kansas City. And also when you take a look at Los Angeles coming to town, they have a tough, stingy defense with their pass rushers and Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. They love to create that pressure. Strip sacks have been a thing for them this season defensively. And then their coverage unit also has been coming up with interceptions in key moments of games as well. So the Broncos have to protect the football and that leads is to Broncos quarterback, drew Locke, who also met with the media following yesterday's practice. And one of the things he touched on some of the things he needs to do better. He acknowledged some of the mistakes that he's made. He's talking about some of the opportunities. He tries to take chances downfield when he's got to go through and look at some of the guys on the underneath and the, the baby routes as he would describe, you know, third down is a category in itself in practice, you know, keep it spring countless number of things in certain sections of third downs, as you, as you well know. And, uh, you no, know, third down's tough. And I think one of the things, if we go back and, and look at our stats, is yeah, we can be better at third and shorts, but we got to keep ourselves out of the long third downs. I know personally last game, I, I could have at least maybe two or three of those third downs and like third and two to six, third and three to six, somewhere in that range. Missed a couple baby throws, those that I made in, in Pop Warner, and that's unacceptable by me. And uh, again, like I said, I'm working on that not happen again, happening again. And uh, just, Sharpening the focus a little bit there on the third outs. It goes back to my analysis of Drew Locke early on in this week. What we saw against Kansas City was just him taking a step back. Those are third and two situations, third and four, third and six. You have open guys on crossing patterns, inside routes, outbreaking routes. Look to get to those guys first, and then if you have a one-on-one matchup that you have a guy beat, yeah, you could take a deep shot on third down, but it's become a consistently bad habit so far for the Broncos this season. It is something that they are going to have to correct going forward. If they're going to have a chance to win some games and even be in competition against the Los Angeles Chargers this upcoming Sunday. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into our crossover episode with Lockdown Chargers. We're going to talk about this matchup ad nauseum. The LA Chargers coming to town led by Justin Herbert. They're averaging 30 plus points per game in the last several contests here. And it's going to be a big test for this Denver Broncos defense and more importantly for the Denver Broncos offense where the microscope is on Drew Locke and the Broncos offense to be able to put up points and to be able to put themselves in situations where they can win this football game. But before we do that folks, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there at Pepsi and this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season the Broncos will host the Chargers on Sunday and Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers these passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it Pepsi made for football watching Back into a new crossover Thursday. It's AFC West week again for the second consecutive week. It's Locked On Broncos and Locked On Chargers, and we're going to be breaking down all the action here today with David Dragonmeyer of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a fun matchup every single year. Always competitive, and there's a lot of history between these two teams, but. David, there is going to be a big time change this year because there's no more Philip Rivers in this rivalry, which is something we've all grown accustomed to. But there is a new, exciting young gunslinger, and his name is Justin Herbert, who I remember when we did the AFC West Ultimate Division crossover this offseason. I was talking to Daniel, who was who was doing the thing at the time, about how much that Justin Herbert, I think, would be the best pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. And they, you know, I know you guys wanted to, but I, I think that ch- the tune has changed a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to start off with asking you a question really since Justin Herbert came in in that first game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it was moments before kickoff. He found out, hey, you're the guy and he didn't disappoint. Smart, methodical, We even saw it a little bit in hard knocks. What has been the biggest difference about this Los Angeles Chargers football team with Justin Herbert as the guy?
0: Honestly, I think it's just tempo. The tempo of the offense is completely different with Justin Herbert under center. And yeah, we only saw one game of Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback, but it seems just like the ball it gets down the football field at a much better rate. The offense is going at a much higher tempo. They're getting the ball out to, and they're going deep too. I mean, with Tyrod Taylor, he's a very conservative quarterback. He's actually one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history of not turning the football over. And that's, you know, just typical to way he, the way he, executes his offense you know if he doesn't see something there he's looking to run he's not always trying to extend the play and and throw the football you know he he wants to use his legs Justin Herbert does that as well but Justin Herbert has a much bigger arm than Tyrod Taylor does that is for certain so I think it's just the pace of the offense and the style in which they want to execute both of these are similar quarterbacks both have great mobility and the way they execute but it's just a little bit more exciting with Justin Herbert under center
1: I've had a chance to watch Justin Herbert when he was a senior at Sheldon High School in Eugene, Oregon. I uh I played football. I went to high school at Marshfield, uh, wow. which is in Coos Bay, Oregon. And so my defensive coordinator eventually became the head coach of Sheldon and actually coached his brother, Patrick. Uh, so that was a really cool thing that really ties that bind. But seeing Justin Herbert in high school, I mean, he was super methodical for Sheldon Irish. They were at 6A private Catholic school, and they lit everybody up that year um, and, and every year for that matter. There. So see him go to the U of O and really play the way that he played was fun to watch. Watch and now he's a pro. And here's the thing that I noticed a little bit more too. I I go back to that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game because the Broncos have played Tampa Bay so far this year and they send a lot of pressure. They send a lot of blitz from the nickel. They'll dial up inside backer blitzes. And Justin Herbert, even though pressure was in his face, is setting his feet and he's throwing the football downfield and he's making those throws where it's falling in the bucket of wide receivers here. Now I want to ask you a question. We saw Keenan Allen go down with an injury against the Saints. He came back last week. Looked like his normal self on film alongside Mike Williams, who's now getting more healthy as well. What can we expect from this receiving unit? And is K.J. Hill going to play a little bit of a role in this matchup on Sunday?
0: So as far as KJ Hill is concerned, uh, I think, you know, you want to see him get worked in a little bit more in the offense, but right now it just doesn't seem like the coaching staff has a lot of confidence in his ability right now. They're definitely swinging the momentum towards the faster uh, undrafted free agent guys like Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson. Those two are the guys who are getting more of the opportunities behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you know what you're going to get out of those guys. Mike Williams is one of the best big play wide receivers in the NFL, throw up, throw the ball up to him and watch him go get it. I mean, 50 50 balls for him, like many people have mentioned, is more like 80 20. It's really difficult to try to get a ball out there where he can't go get it. And then Keenan Allen, obviously, if you need a first down, if you just need to get a catch, a completion, the guy is pretty much always open all the time. But they were missing another an element to that offense, to that wide receiver core, and that was just pure blazing speed. And Jalen Guyton is what provides that. He has, uh, I believe, three or four catches on the year and two or three of them are 70 plus yard touchdowns. So the guy hasn't caught a lot of balls, but the ones he does catch, he usually ends up in the end zone. So, and he's got four, three, five speed. If you ask Anthony Lynn, what he was looking for out of his wide receiver three position, the only thing he wanted was speed. He wanted to stretch the field that if you remember, of course, of course you do. Uh, They had Travis Benjamin in that role for a couple of years, and uh, that was an unmitigated disaster because uh, he doesn't like to play actual football. (laughs) He doesn't like to get hit. Uh, He didn't really catch the ball particularly well. He's always looking to go out of bounds, and that's completely different from Jalen Guyton. He's looking to catch the football, and he is not afraid to take a hit if that's what it costs, but that's what's going on I I would love to see them work in KJ Hill more but it just seems like Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson have the upper hand on KJ Hill so far.
1: That's going to be I think more development if anything for him and the Chargers and you mentioned speed because when you see guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen see some tight contested coverage and then a safety over the top or more likely safety covering Hunter Henry it's going to leave for some of those one-on-one opportunities inside the nickel so I think Bryce Callahan against him is going to be one of the matchups to watch also well, I think even Michael Ogimudi against Mike Williams, A.J. Boye against Keenan Allen. I think it's going to be a fun and entertaining thing. And we know the chippy trash talk that A.J. Boye has in his game. Keenan Allen the same exact way. No they doubt. used to have those battles between Keenan Allen and Chris Harris Jr. But that's a different story now. Too uh, bad overall,
0: Chris Harris won't be out there this week, man. I know this would have been a really fun game for him. Maybe the next time they play.
1: Yeah, I know that uh, a lot of people are looking for the battle of the 25s because the opposite's <laughs> <is> definitely <attractive. laughs> definitely them. I want to shift our focus here now to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, a lot of injuries, a lot of big blows to them, losing Derwin James and losing Chris Harris Jr. in that secondary has been been very key because I felt like watching the first few games of the season for the Los Angeles Chargers. even though Derwin James was not out there, I thought that having Chris Harris Jr. out there, having Casey Hayward, I thought they were playing really tight football and their pass rush was getting home. Jerry Till. He was making an impact. And then uh, Melvin Ingram's dealing with a little bit of a knee issue on and off. He was listed as limited on the on the practice report. What do you think the biggest key is for this Chargers team? Where are they at health wise coming into this matchup? Well, they're starting. They're starting to get a little bit healthier as the weeks go on.
0: They got Melvin Ingram and Justin Jones back last week, and you know, yeah, Melvin Ingram, yes, was a limited participant, but I'm pretty sure that's just more maintenance than anything. Melvin Ingram's been in the league for a long, long time. He's a veteran. He's actually the longest tenured Charger on this. Team right now in the organization, now that Philip Rivers has departed, he's the guy now. He's been with the team the longest. And, you know, with him, he's like a cyborg. He's superhuman, you know, the way he heals. I mean, he tore his ACL and came back in the same year. It's just the the guy is built differently. So I wouldn't read too much into him being a limited participant. I would imagine he's still going to be out there. On the defensive side, honestly, they are starting to get a little bit more pieces back. And I think Chris Harris Jr. is on the mend. He said on, on Twitter that. You know when uh, somebody asked him a question about his health, he said the bones are fully healed, and now he's just trying to get his conditioning back. So I would imagine between the next week or so, we should see Chris Harris Jr. making his way back to the defense as well. But yeah, obviously you look at this this defense and you see some playmakers, but I mean, man, they've been plagued, plagued by injuries so, so badly. But hey, as, as we know, this is the NFL and you can't make excuses about injuries. Injuries are part of the game and they're going to happen. So I think one of the bigger... Uh, Issues on the defensive side here is stopping the run. They have not done a very good job of getting to getting to the middle and stopping the offensive line before they can get going forward. They're creating some cavernous holes against the Chargers defensive line. front and it's been very very bad obviously you saw last week James Robinson cut them up for over 120 yards rushing that's the big issue I mean we know the Chargers are still are going to get after the quarterback Joey Bosa is doing his thing Melvin Ingram coming back and making things easier for him so that's the biggest issue out there I think Justin Jones is going to help a little bit but he just came back from injury so I think it's going to take a little bit of time before they really get things rolling in the direction that they want
1: and I know Broncos running back Phillip Lindsay's had some big games against the Chargers in the pass too, he's questionable for Sunday go through concussion protocol so gonna be a big matchup if Lindsay can't get the start Melvin Gordon gets his former team might get the primary carries there Uh, but Broncos country and Chargers fans guess what we're gonna be talking about the Broncos side of things David's gonna flip the script a little bit coming up here in just a moment but before we do that I gotta tell you about the sponsors of today's episode of our locked on Broncos locked on Chargers crossover Thursday that's a good friends are there rockauto.com and SportsBetting.com. But with RockAuto.com, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. So RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. If you need something, RockAuto.com is the place to go where you get a shop. For for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything that you could be looking for, whether it's engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your doorstep. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you get to choose the brands, the specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. That's why I rock with rockauto.com, because prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And they're the same for professionals and do it yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And our good friends over there at SportsBetting.com they are live and now taking action in the box state of Colorado. And SportsBetting.com is passionate about sports, and they're the authority on sports betting with their own in-house bookmaker. SportsBetting.com is known for their sharp odds and low juice. That means the best prices for you. And new players can receive a welcome bonus of up to thousand dollars in a risk-free week of sports betting. And you can take part of some of their promotions if you're already registered, like the Two for Tuesday. Place a bet on any sport on Tuesday and get an equal value in free bets. Or you could do a break a leg if you like parlays. Bet a 14 parlay and get your money back if one leg loses. Sportsbetting.com offers no hassle bonuses with just a one time playthrough. So take advantage of their NFL touchdown promotions with can't lose offers on first touchdown in NFL action. Get your action on at the home of sports betting. That's sportsbetting.com backslash locked on Broncos.
0: All right, we're back here on the crossover, crossover Thursday. Locked on Chargers, locked on Broncos. Of course, you can find Cody Rourke on. Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL and this guy is absolutely everywhere covering the Denver Broncos of course you can find me on Twitter at Deidre Sports and of course locked on LAC as well so hey Cody you know the the Broncos the organization just has a long storied history and just kind of a level of expectation anytime they start a season in the NFL so I'd always like to kind of get an idea of just what the feeling is around Denver, around this team with the Broncos sitting at two and four.
1: Well, there's a lot of unrest on the social media sphere of things, right? The Broncos sitting at two and four. When you look at their losses, though, losing to Tennessee week one, losing to Pittsburgh in week two, and, and really coming back in that game after being down 17 to three, after losing Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton, who tore his ACL. And then your third loss comes against Tampa Bay. And then your fourth loss comes against Kansas City. So their losses have been to really really good football teams. I'd or, I'd make the argument that outside of the Kansas City game when you look at the score 43 to 16, defensively Denver did a in my opinion one of the better jobs. Outside of the Los Angeles Charters matchup, I felt like Denver played Kansas City really well defensively. However, when you throw a pick six, you turn the ball over four times, you give up a kick return for a touchdown, That's what led to the discrepancy that was against Kansas City. And so the offense has been the struggle part of the season so far. Defense has been the strong suit. Bradley Chubb's been playing at a high level. Broncos fans are kind of in panic mode right now, but I always like to try to be the reason, the voice of reason for fans and for the organization because this is a football team that is very, very young. They're going through the growing pains, and they're still very competitive from the onset. So, uh, you know, you, you drop a, a divisional game against the Kansas City Chiefs, but now you have welcome in a divisional opponent like the Chargers. And despite the fact that Justin Herbert's been playing so well, they got their first win with him as a quarterback, and it's crazy they don't have more wins. So obviously, they're they're missed against New Orleans, uh, you know, some missed opportunities, a, a turnover against Tampa Bay, and then, you know, an interception against Kansas City. I mean, this this is a very, very strong Chargers football team, and I encourage Broncos fans to watch film because if they're overlooking a team like L.A., they're going to be sorely mistaken because this is a damn good football team.
0: Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, they've had 17-point leads on, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buccaneers, both teams we know now are very, very good you know, high quality football teams on both sides of the ball. So uh definitely don't do that. That would, that would definitely be a mistake. But hey, the this year for the Broncos was kind of about evaluating what you guys have in Drew Locke and, you know, what the future of that looks like. So knowing that it's only been a couple of games that he's played this year, you know, what do you need to see going forward that would convince you and Bronco fans around, you know, Denver that Drew Locke is going to be the guy. He is the starting quarterback going forward. What would, what would it take for that for you?
1: Well, he's got 10 games to really show the Broncos that that he's going to grow into a quarterback role. Now, we saw him grow in that five-game stretch last year in 2019, a little bit this year, first game against Tennessee. He does does relatively well. Not having the ball in that third quarter outside of one drive against Tennessee was a killer for them. And then in Pittsburgh, he gets blasted and he severely sprains his AC joint. He's out for a few weeks as well, makes his return against New England. And the Broncos, they're just trying to find their identity on the offensive side of the ball. Now, again, Against Kansas City, I would say that Drew Locke took a massive step back in terms of his progression. Uh, You know, He missed open reads across the field. He's always looking for the home run ball. Uh, He's looking for that early and often. He missed guys like Noah Fant coming open underneath Jerry Judy on crossing patterns. He's got to be better with his decision-making and also going back to his mechanics. He's got a tendency right now in a clean pocket to drift to the right side to try to roll out and, and, and to extend plays with his legs. That's not necessarily his strength right now. The strength for him is his offensive line has given him enough time to stand in the pocket, to make these throws. He's got to go through his reads and progressions. He met with the media yesterday, and he even said that he's got to do a better job of that as well. So if he could do these things and grow week in and week out and show that progression, then yes, I do have faith that he can be the guy for this Denver Broncos football team. But if he continues to regress the way that we saw against Kansas City, there's going to be some serious concerns about the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, no question about that. Well, hey, we talked a little bit earlier about – Melvin Gordon, the former Chargers running back, who uh, obviously signed with the Broncos in free agency. And, you know, he's had a pretty decent start 349 yards on 82 carries, good for 4.3 yards per attempt, which, you know, you want, you know, one probably between four and five. uh, But, the, on the negative side of things, he's fumbled The ball three times this year as well And I know that is definitely a concern But just overall, you know, what has your Opinion been of Melvin Gordon So far as a Bronco?
1: You know, I There's there's Broncos fans, look, I think The Broncos should have paid Philip Lindsay, they should have extended Him, but the reason Agreed. they didn't, and the reason They brought in Melvin Gordon, it wasn't any kind of Slight towards Philip Lindsay's because they really didn't feel Comfortable with Royce Freeman's production They wanted to pay a running back too, to really Be that compliment to Lindsay, they're both Listed as 1A and 1B, they're both on the field. At the same exact time, when healthy, and so obviously if Philip Lindsay's not there this weekend, Gordon's going to get the carries. But that's been the case. Philip Lindsay left the first half of the Tennessee Titans game week one returned against New England, ran for over 100 yards, and then Melvin Gordon didn't play in the New England game. So really, we've only seen, in, in combination, probably a full game between the first half of Tennessee and the first half against Kansas City. Of these two players being on the field at the same time, And the Broncos' rushing attack was really going. But unfortunately, guess what? An offensive turnover, a pick six, and a kick return. When you're down by a couple of scores, you really can't afford to run the ball. Denver finished the game with 177 yards on the ground against Kansas City. And I I think that Melvin Gordon, you know, his biggest thing is sometimes he has a tendency to bring that ball out high and not really secure that nose of that ball to bring it in. So sometimes guys come out and they punch it out. He's got to be better with that going forward. And I think he's going to be cognizant of that. You know, he's very reflective on that, but – uh, it's going to be a big test against his former team is it, is it going to be something where he rises to the challenge or is the pressure of maybe playing his former team the team that let him go is that going to be something that maybe is going to be a, a weighing factor that weighs him down a little bit that to me I think is going to be something to watch
0: definitely going to be something to watch because I mean we all know what happened and, and you know with this organization and with the chargers and Melvin Gordon it was not the big you know the best separation there i mean the chargers and their stars or you know player high profile players in the past They've never had uh, very good exits. It's always been a little bit ugly. So uh, I know that's definitely going to be something I'm watching. And you you touched on his running mate, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay left you know Sunday's game with concussion. Do we have any idea if he's going to play? I know he didn't practice today, uh, but is there any ideas um, whether or not you feel like he's going to be available on Sunday?
1: Well, he was out on the practice field on Wednesday and he wasn't doing anything. Obviously, he can. He's got to be cleared by an independent neurologist. So, the NFL, the Broncos really have no say. Now, they anticipate they're going to find out at the earliest on Friday, according to Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, at the latest on Saturday. If he gets cleared on Friday or Saturday, he will play on Sunday, even if he didn't practice this week. They're just trying to protect him. So, uh, it's going to be really an up to the minute thing, David. And I think it's going to make the matchup, the suspense, a little bit more interesting. Uh, But if that's the case, you can expect. Melvin Gordon to be the running back that starts, and then Royce Freeman getting some carries in between.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just very, I mean, I know I'm not the only Charger fan out here. Yes, I'm an analyst, but I'm also a fan as well. We've all known that Philip Lindsay has destroyed the Chargers many times. In his tenure as the running back of the Broncos. So that's a a name we are going to be keenly watching uh, coming up to kickoff. But because, like I said, he has had a lot of success. So finally, you know, we we talked about the the issues on offense, but the Broncos, defense has been just as stout as they have ever been. What has allowed them to kind of continue that success? And then just ultimately, what do you think is going to end up deciding this ball game against the Chargers on Sunday?
1: Well, for Denver, I'd say that their defensive interior has been great. The secondary, once they've gotten some guys back healthy, AJ boy is back. They got guys that can run a lot of man coverage. Now they're comfortable with guys that can play man to man against certain receivers. And they got the pressure guys. Now Bradley Chubb has been on an absolute tear. The last three weeks is he's, he's getting his footing back he's not even 100% yet according to him he's trying to get there he's about 90-95% there um, and then Malik Reed. I mean, the Broncos have generated more sacks I believe they've had 14 sacks in the last three games only Baltimore's had more than them and they've really found a way to get pressure at quarterbacks they've been more aggressive so I think really what it's going to boil down to I think the Broncos defense can match up well with LA and I think it, it could be a slugfest back and forth I think really the biggest key to this game if, if the Broncos are going to come out with a victory I think the defense will put them in enough positions to get some stops but the Offense, if they sputter out the way that they have, it's not going to be in the favor of the Denver Broncos. But if the offense can get going for the Broncos, they can convert against the LA defense. And if the Broncos can get some key defensive stops, especially on third down, and avoid some of those big plays, I think the Broncos have a chance in this one to win. But it, it LA is a lot better than their record indicates, and I think Denver's a lot better than their record indicates. But people on the outside, they're not going to see it that way. So it's going to be a fun matchup. One thing we do
0: know, Cody, is that and it's this is an AFC West battle. And that means it's going to be physical and it's probably going to be close, but it's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. I am looking forward to seeing the outcome on Sunday. Thank you. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk a little bit of Chargers and Broncos football. And of course, good luck after Sunday.
1: Absolutely. I think if you're a Chargers fan, you got some insight into the Broncos. If you're a Broncos fan, you got a lot of insight as to what to expect from this Chargers football team, the AFC West. It looks really tough on paper. We're going to find out the Broncos host the Chargers this Sunday and power Field at Mile High.